Hello Rebels, before we kick off today's episode, let me ask you a question. What if we could help you unlock your marketing superpower in one day or less? Actually, to be precise, I mean three hours. Yes, you heard it right. What I'm asking you is three hours of your time to join us for a brand new intensive experience on Marketing Deep Dive. One day masterclass that will help you create marketing strategies that capture hearts and mind. And every single masterclass is going to dive deep into one of our favorite topics of marketing. Maybe that email marketing, hiring, or even automations and beyond. If you want to get the fast track ticket to become irresistible, then I suggest you check out our upcoming marketing deep dive, where you're going to get two hours of hands-on training with lots of exercises and practical group work as well. Plus one hour bonus office hours and Q&A. Oh, and we also have a personalized dashboard and bonus templates to help you apply what you learn in our three hours. And just to put a little bow on it, you also get a certificate of completion to show up wherever you can see. If you'd like to find out what is coming up next and which one is our next marketing deep dive, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash masterclass. There you'll be able to find our schedule with our upcoming masterclass for you to join. On with today's show. Hello team and welcome back to Alt Marketing School. It's Fab here, founder and ed teacher at the school and I am back, we are back. But before I say hi to this week's co-host, I wanna also say our next upcoming free amazing event is coming up in September. So since I literally spent the last 48 hours doing email outreach and creating graphics, please go and check it out. It's called The Business of Marketing. It's a free event happening on the 5th of September. Businessofmarketing.live is the website. You can literally click on it and you will find the landing page. We're going to have a half day of free amazing talks, panels, workshops, all the good things. It's all about talking about where we're at in marketing, what the hell is going on, how we're feeling about the world and all these good things. So if you want to join us for free and get lots of value and lots of banter from us and all marketing school friends, graduates and students, then please go and check out businessofmarketing.live. And with that, without further ado, hello, Becca, and how has been your world going? Hello there. It has been going well, very well. I um, feel like a lot has happened since we last spoke in the social media world, particularly with one platform. You know which one I mean. (laughs) I think everybody does because every single time we talk about it, there's something that changes and shifts. And I almost hoped, I don't know if you're the same, I kind of almost hoped that the online world was going to go quiet for summer for once. It would be like, now we're done, we're chilling guys, we're fine. But it It hasn't. It would have been nice. No, it's gone the other way. (laughs) And actually, I'm going to bring the tone down now a bit, but I want to see if it's only me. And obviously, dear listener, let us know as well. What I've noticed, um, I was on LinkedIn, and another thing that I noticed, and I was talking to my husband about it, is that there is a big and it's really sad there is a huge wave of open to work uh, posts that's been showering my feed in the last couple of weeks or kind of like week or so I guess and I was really sad um obviously 
I work in an industry where it's kind of mart work. You know, we do agency style, which is, means we work with clients, or I do the school, which means, you know, it's me doing my thing and is in a half hybrid creator sort of position that I've been having for the past 10 years. It's hard for me to know when there are these waves. And what was interesting is that there was a wave of layoff happening in January, February, which we all know from the big techs. And, uh, and I don't know, I was just really sad and a bit taken, uh, taken aback to see that this is happening again uh, right now, especially when it comes to marketing jobs. That's one of the things that really jumped at me is like the amount of marketing jobs and marketing peeps. And again, I'm saying this because I'm a bit out of the loop when it comes to the job market, because I don't need to look for a job. I usually need to look for clients, which is slightly different. And so, yeah, I don't know. Is it only me? I've noticed that maybe it's just within my network, but I've seen a big wave of open to work people and another wave of layoffs has been happening. Yeah, no, I don't think it is only you. I've also seen similar. And I think a combination of either marketing teams being kind of squeezed a lot, where can they cut? because they don't have much resource so who can we you know like get rid of and stuff and I think unfortunately marketing due to the nature of it it's always one of the like most vulnerable ones because sometimes the activities that we do are seen as like not completely necessary even though they're really valuable and we understand it I think it's easy to from like a distance go we'll ha- we can sacrifice that for a bit But also, I think there's another element of like this shift that we've seen, A, with like the channel that must not be named um, (laughs) and people reviewing where they are spending their time. And that includes like the workplace as well. So I think there's also this wave of people going, okay, if I can, and it's definitely easier said than done, how can I make sure that I'm working in a role that has good values and treats employees fairly and has legit value not just money grabbing like some companies out there you know just throwing major shade out there right now one of the social channels that's going to be my take but you know what I mean (laughs) it's all about how we can make sure because I think people are more aware than ever of like making sure the work they're doing wants to feel like it's got a purpose wants to feel like it's doing good for the world not working towards the opposite that combined with the state of the job market I think has made it a little bit up and down so I'm not really sure how it's going to go but I do think I'm, I'm like on the you know looking with a positive outlook I'm hoping that that's good for all of us because then hopefully our kind of conditions for everyone across the board will improve and will be treated like marketing teams everywhere won't be like a second thought it will be more right, we have to take these people seriously and they actually are bringing lots of value and how can we work with that, not against it, you know? I love that. And thank you for reminding me of that as well. Now, as if you know us and if you've been a loyal listener for a while, you know that everything we do is about values and purpose. So sometimes within that means that I take it for granted that the company that you work with or the people that you support, because this is the people that we champion, are people that want to do some good in the world. What we teach is positive impact marketing. So to me, with our value, mission and vision clear and strong and authentic, it doesn't connect with me because that's, for me, is um, almost an expectation to have. And this is why we teach it, because we want brands to have this. But again, it's a good reminder that it's not always the case and there are still some companies, there's some places where you can't find that. And what I love that you brought to attention, and the reason I wanted to talk about this was because of what you brought to attention. You see how synced we are, team. It's just, it happens. What can I say? 
um, is this conversation that, yes, maybe it's not necessarily fully about social media. We'll get into all the good news <laughs> that we just mentioned that were going to happen. But also it kind of is, and I think it's just the state of marketing, just talking about the event, obviously, that we're going to have in September, is the state of marketing is still a state where I find that our jobs and our roles and our work is still not regarded as it should be. And it's still regarded as one person can do all the marketing jobs. And yes, it's good that you know how to do emails, but if you're not an email marketing specialist, you shouldn't. Or you shouldn't worry about paid ads and, and SEO and organic activation and social media because it's a lot of things. And I think it's good that we know them and it's good that we can learn them and then we can decide how to oversee them. I generally believe that a great marketing manager and head of marketing should be able to coordinate a team that then can take on the hands-on work. Because what we teach our students and what I say all the time in the certification is that curiosity and creativity are essential, but you can't find space for curiosity and creativity. And I'm sure that in the agency life, you know that as well. If you're constantly chasing after the next deliverable or the next step or the next thing to tick off of your to-do list, how can you have space for creativity? How can you have space for fun and testing and trying new things if you're constantly running against a clock because you're doing seven people's jobs? Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Thank you for coming to my rant. I'm passionate about this because I also want marketing to be better for marketers. We talk about being marketing better for your audience, which I love. But I think it's important that also we are bringing a new generation of marketers. I feel they get robbed a bit of the expectations that they have. They're so excited because they think it's all social media. It's me going out and doing videos. Then you get thrown into a marketing job where the expectations are very different and there's a lot of pressure on you. And I feel bad because I'm like, you know, I want them to still be excited. I promise it can be good. <laughs> And that said, talking about things that are not good, <laughs> just bringing it back down. Um, but you know what, though? It's true, though. I think we rely so much on social media. Then when we see a social platform, and I'll let you start with a couple of things that you're a bit upset about. When you see a social platform like X, yes, the rebranding, we're eventually talking about it properly, acts like it acts and does what they do. It kind of makes you think a bit like, why would I show up in a place that doesn't align with who I want to be? Or how I want to, you know, kind of show up as a marketer. So I think it's it's not just a rebranding. In my opinion, humble opinion, a very confusing one. I think there's a lot of loaded implications within it. I don't know what you think. I agree. I when the first when the name was first announced, I genuinely thought like it was somebody had been hacked, and this is a joke. It's just a parody. It'll be fine. Because I think it happened at a weekend, and I was like, oh. I'll deal with this on Monday. And then on Monday, I was like, oh, oh, okay. This is like for real. Um, I do feel like you're right. It's not just a rebrand. It feels like all of the values and all of the kind of community aspect. And don't get me wrong, when Twitter was Twitter, there were definitely good bits and bad bits. It wasn't all like happy, you know, vibes. But I feel like all of the good bits have just been dismantled now. And it doesn't feel like, a good place to spend time on anymore and I know like when I've been speaking with my team and when I've been speaking to clients everyone is feeling very very wary about whether it's just organic posts I've I've literally said to people I'm like don't even think about running ads right now it feels too volatile like it's just too difficult to predict what kind of results that you're going to get even I have stopped, especially since the rebrand, since the icon changed on my phone. Now, like Twitter used to be a place where if I had like five minutes and I wanted a quick scroll, I'd like, oh, yeah, this is quite nice. 
I always liked the format, the fact that it was like written and you didn't need to rely on having your headphones in to watch or anything like that. And now I am, I've almost become blind to the X on my phone. And I'm like, I think that not necessarily everyone has the same experience, but I think a lot of people have just felt a bit disconnected from it because it was such a big change in my opinion like it wasn't necessary like they could have technically just continued on as a quite a I don't know the platform could have had a future maybe it still does but I don't think it's the platform that lots of its users want and so I think they're going to go elsewhere I will be (laughs) (laughs) actually I have a question about that because we talked uh some of the interviews are coming up again little reminder time Mm -hmm. machine Interviews are coming back to the podcast on the 4th of September. First interview, super excited about, but I'm excited about all of them. And in a lot of this conversation, we talked about X because it's a platform that actually a lot of the uh, marketing experts we have on, I've been active on. And one of them, I'm going to mention him because it's a comeback. Kevon is back. If you remember him from episode 089, I love Kevon. So he's all about building in public and he still loves Twitter but in a way that we were talking about it the point that he made is that it's not the platform necessarily it's the fact that it's communities there and so Mm. what I said and I want to hear your opinion on it is like I feel the same in the way there are some people that I basically can only talk about that like with them there because I don't have them on LinkedIn I couldn't find them on LinkedIn and threads is a mess so you know I will naturally go back there just to see what they're up to and I feel that that's the thing the only thing that holds me into X, see, I still I still cannot get it right. Um, <laughs> is the people that are there. And it's not even that much of a pool, but that kind of gets me to at least checking out so often to see what people are up to. And I'm thinking that once that is gone, that is gonna be where everybody is gonna leave. And it's just a matter of what are people gonna do? What do you think people are gonna do if X and their audience is still a very strong and big one for them? Because it's an interesting kind of exodus. It's not like, again, Clubhouse or other platforms that are just kind of winding down and people are not really feeling strong about it, in a way, to be very honest, unless they're the community that's still active there. But I think this is a bit different. And I don't know. I like what he said about, well, my, my community is there, so I'm there for the community that I've built and my people. But then I'm also wondering, are people going to stay? You know, mm-hmm. And where are they going to go afterwards? Yeah, and I think that, the last question, where are they going to go, is a really tricky one because threads is obviously a thing now. And I do think, although it's kind of a slow burn, like obviously there was the popularity at the beginning, I feel like over time it will have a place, especially because of what has happened to Twitter slash X. But it it just hasn't, it's not quite a good enough replacement at the moment. From a glance, like aesthetically and everything, it's, it's adequate, it's great, fine. Don't really have any strong feelings about that. But like you say, if the people that you've been connecting with on Twitter are not on there yet it's like well that is a draw like you're like drawn back to the app I think people will make a decision one of the things I notice when I'm speaking to clients is some clients really don't want to be associated with Elon Musk at all because of his personal values and stuff which is I would probably agree with them honestly some businesses are less not that they don't care but they're less they're kind of like okay well yeah he owns the platform but we're not that's not like an association but some people feel more strongly so I think it will depend on different businesses or brands kind of how I suppose almost like how proactive they want to be if they want to be really almost strict like we believe in this this and this and if the platforms that we're using are not aligned with that then we won't use them because I suppose it's a little bit like just spinning this away from 
say social media and looking at it from a sort of sustainability viewpoint you know if you had a let's say let's call it like imaginary brand and they sold sustainable products and you were like perfect I'll buy these products because they're sustainable and then you found out that one of like the major shareholders in that brand actually you know was a big investor in like major fossil fuels and had huge emissions and things like that it kind of feels like a disconnect right and that may might make you feel a little bit like oh okay like although the product is sustainable the kind of relations doesn't quite fit I feel like that's how some brands are going to approach x it's like the end product there's still the community some like some communities that will we'll see how that goes because I do wonder is it going to trickle out but I think it's how how it's kind of going to trickle down from the top how Elon Musk behaves how he treats his staff all of that side of things will have a big impact on the long term especially when it comes to ads as well I think that will be another like difference some people might be happy to continue posting organically and not not be too fast like yeah we've got an audience we're going to continue to serve them with content as long as it gets engagement like that's an easy sort of decision made but when it comes to investing in the platform and running ads on there that might be a, a step where some brands go oh actually we won't do that that's a fair point actually and I love that you mentioned that because I have seen also on social a lot more people being very vocal about where which is something that we know that Gen Z does by the way in general as a generation like you know where they want to associate themselves with what and when we talk about values in our uh, brand manifesto workshop in the certification, I also talk a lot about the how you think and how you show up and understanding the combination of those. And obviously within reason, within what you can, especially for smaller businesses, is actually harder, mm. uh, you know, making choices that align with who you want to be in an ideal world, we will make every single choice. And I think it's the reminder also to ourselves and others that, we do the best we can. Like one small change that we have is that talking about this event that I'm coming back from this September, but when you sign up uh, to get your ticket, free ticket, uh, you do it through our event ticketing platform, which we just like to add that because this is obviously for signups and it's called Humanitix and is in Australia based, but obviously you can use it from all over the world. And all, and if you give a donation to the school, but in general, if you were to be, buy a ticket that is paid ticket from the platform, uh, the booking fee goes to charity. And I really love that. And I was like, this platform works well. It works for us. So obviously it had to make sense also the business decision. It has to be something that worked for us. And I was like, it's an added bonus that it really fits within our values. So I find that if you can find little decisions that can help you with aligning with that, your audience is more receptive to it than what you think. And when you just mm -hmm. said brands be like kind of about the idea of supporting Elon Musk, I feel the same. And it's just the little things, like a couple of things that we also noticed. I'll let you talk about TweetDeck in a second. But for example, Elon going after old accounts and purging all the usernames, freeing them up. Fair enough. Okay, a dormant account is not great. But also part of bots, I appreciate they're not great. But also, you know, inactive accounts were accounts that had a certain range of time, which means that then if for any reason the time wasn't like 10 years, obviously it was a lot less than that, which means you could lose your account if you didn't realize. You know, the little things like that that are so business driven that don't feel very human as choices. And that, again, rubs me off the wrong way. Um, little things like taking off some of the favorite features and platforms from the availability and put them on their paywall, you know? 
Why? I mean, why? Tell me why, Becca. Tell me why. What What did they do? What did he do why this time? This? Why have they done this? So TweetDeck, lots of people love TweetDeck. It's great. It's always been a good tool. Um, whether you are working, it really doesn't matter who you are. It's got benefits for everyone. So you can have different streams based on like hashtags or lists on Twitter. That can be a really helpful way to just see them, you know, each column per list if you're doing either research or social listening. It really helps like everyone. So social media managers, if you're a journalist, it's a really good way of keeping track of different streams of what's going on. If you're running a brand account, it can be good to monitor what your customers are doing. All of these positives, right? Really accessible. And what 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 have they done? What have they done? They've got rid of it. Not fully. But now it's a premium only feature, which just feels a little bit like that was one of the things that people were holding on to, you know, that was like, oh well. I'll still keep using it because there's this really powerful way to like utilize the community that you've built to tap into conversations, to be, you know, getting the most out of the platform. And by putting it behind a payroll, it just feels a little bit like, okay, you know, you're just thinking about the few people on the platform, not thinking about your big proportion of your audience here, which is made up of plenty of power users, but they just might either not have the means to or might not want to subscribe. You know, it's just like, I feel like it was unnecessary. And I feel like that will actually be really negative for particularly either um, creators who are just working by themselves or small businesses and brands who, as I said, like for social listening, that was one of the best ways to be able to do it easily and get value out of it. And now that's gone. It just, it's like, okay, you're forgetting about the little people, you know, as well as also your big brands that are using it. Can I make you feel a bit better? Go for it. Can we can we look at some of the good things that might be added in other places, though? I'm sorry, everybody. I'm not going to be able to give you anything from X today. But there are a couple of good things happening in other places. One of the ones that you noticed that I also noticed a couple of weeks ago, and I love that you brought it up to talk about today, is a little bit of a spice up on YouTube Shorts, which is interesting because I still... As a very baby YouTuber, we have a YouTube channel, we use it a bit, we're testing it. It's kind of nice to be very small because we can test a lot and try new things. But we're still in the testing stage and I do repurpose some of our content as YouTube shorts because it just makes sense. Um, but we don't use it as heavily or again, I haven't seen it as much as an asset. But I think I must be missing something and I guess it's mainly like the connection with the massive reach and discoverability that it brings because obviously YouTube is investing more time and more resources into adding to shorts. So maybe I'm missing something, maybe I'm not kind of getting it right. I love the fact that there's some things that have been added. You can tell us what features have been added to shorts, but I just wanted to say it's very, very interesting to see because for me, I still, you know, I still struggle to understand how much of a powerhouse shorts are. And maybe it's because of me not using it as a creator to the full extent. I don't know. I think, yeah, I, th I think shorts are something that YouTube is almost just working on, like in the background, you know, quite literally quietly. We're just, you know, going to add a feature here and there. And I think in terms of when we're looking at how creators use it, either repurposing stuff or I think by adding. So, yeah, what they've actually done is add a collab option, which is very similar to when you duet or remix on Instagram or TikTok. And at first, when I saw that, I was like, oh, can you not already do that? And then I was like, no, because this is this is how YouTube works. And that's not like a criticism. This is just like showing that they are also testing. You know, you talk about your testing with your channel. And I think YouTube is very much testing based on how 
the other platforms are doing, but also what YouTube audiences are responding to. Um, the other thing which I think will really help promote both using and watching shorts, but also the creators that are working with that format are Q&A stickers. I saw something earlier today, actually, I wish I could remember where I read it, but it was talking about the impact of interactive elements on Instagram. So, for example, if you use stickers on Instagram, it makes a huge impact on both the views and obviously the engagement as well. So I think what we'll see is basically a mirror of that on YouTube, especially. And hopefully, I don't know about you, and I, I don't feel like I've fully just switched overnight, but recently, because I'm not spending as much time on X, I have gone back to YouTube a little bit more than I have recently. TikTok is obviously my go-to because it's me. But I am reaching for YouTube a little bit more and I'm not quite sure why that is. Just as an aside, this isn't like news, but TikTok for me recently has been very pitchy and that's annoyed me. So I'm like, oh, okay, I've again, like I've got 10 minutes. I just want a little like chill for like this time. What can I do? So I go to YouTube and I think if they keep adding these features for shorts, people are easily going to get you know sucked in basically. But I think it's nice because as well, when we're talking about repurposing stuff, if you've popped a story onto Instagram with one of those like interactive elements, whether it's a sticker, whether it's remixing someone else, being able to do that on YouTube as well just makes our lives easier as creators. Interestingly enough, talking about that, I was thinking about stickers. And actually what's been super interesting is that Instagram is now trying and attempting to add AI stickers as well to the mix which I found really, really interesting. I was like, okay, what are we doing here, Zuck? But I really like that. One of the things that I'm, I wasn't really sure how it's going to work, but apparently they're actually going to allow you to create your own sticker. And that I can kind of get behind because of what you just said. And I love that you mentioned it, like the, the power of stickers, because I've seen it firsthand when it comes to stories. And then on top of that, another thing they're testing, just kind of talking about features testing right now, that that's the section of the podcast because there's always something testing. On top of that, they're also testing chatting with AI. And that one I'm not too sure about. These are both for Instagram first, but I'm sure they're going to come for all the meta kind of uh, suite of things. But I'm interested in it, but also I'm going to get, if I'm going to look actually the screenshot uh, from Alessandro Paluzzi that he got, we have um, options to obviously use it to answer questions and give advice. Uh, and also inspire creativity. So my main thing with it, it would be living, in, I think, in the DMs or around that place. And the stickers, I understand the intent. It's very clever. You can create your own. We like to make it personalized. It could be actually quite fun. With the chat, I'm not sure who it is for. If it's for you as a user, if it's, you know, to discover new creators, what what is it for? By what I just said to you and what I've read, is still not clear. We know that it might live in the DMs. Well, actually, it looks like it. But I don't know why and I don't know what. I don't know if you looked into it or if you saw it before. I just am not sure. And, and it kind of intrigues me, but also worries me a bit. No, I know what you mean. I did, I had a little look and it, at first, I was like, oh no, 
Oh no, it's just AI. Like you've got to just slide it in there so that they've got a thing to say basically when that question is asked. So Instagram, what are you doing about AI? However, you know, and I think we talked about this last time on LinkedIn, they now have like AI prompts and it's just a way to generate I suppose, yeah, prompt a creator to go, oh, I've not, maybe not considered that. That's an easy way for me to generate content. I'll talk about it. I wonder if it's like that. But like you say, it's a little bit confusing how it's sort of integrated in the app at the moment. To me, it didn't feel like it really fit. I was like, ah, oh, hmm, this isn't, if you're going to introduce it, it's not where I would have guessed. So I'm not really sure. The other thing was, do you remember, oh, maybe this was earlier this year maybe even the end of last year and I actually have not seen anyone use it basically since it was announced but Instagram at one point did that sort of notes thing so I think maybe with your close yes. friends you can just have you can write notes that also felt what, like one of those things that was like hmm, okay not necessarily a bad thing but also not really adding anything I just want I feel like this kind of fits in that category because we don't know like we can't sort of see how it fits in right now to be honest, the testing they've been doing recently has been probably better than the testing that has been happening in a very long time. A lot of the testing that they've done last year or the year before has been a lot of features that generally did not make sense. So with some of this, I can see it, but as you say, it doesn't fully fit and it's kind of like trying to add something, but still justifying it. It's a bit like um, when they announce broadcasts on Instagram and I think they're there but I don't see it but I think it's there and then that was a couple of days or maybe like a week or two before threads and then threads took off and then I never heard about broadcast ever again so I don't know if they are there for some people they're not there for me anyway from what I can see so it's kind of interesting I think they're trying different things and see what sticks because they can justify it and because I think the Instagram that we talked about again if you're a dear listener you will remember in 2021 beginning of 2022 we were both very frustrated is now for better or for worse other apps have actually got the little bed spot you know on the little the bed spotlight so a lot of people are actually now going back to instagram as a platform they enjoy whereas they lost the love for a while and i think that gives them a bit more lead way to try new things because now they're doing a lot of things right and so even if you try something that maybe doesn't stick you're not too mad about it so I don't know how it's going to play out, but I found it really, really interesting because obviously I think LinkedIn is the only one so far that I was really happy with when it came to the way they are using AI and they're integrating it because it makes a lot of sense and it's nice with the prompts and it's very organic still. And it will be interesting to see how everybody else starts playing along with that um, because obviously I can see the developments in it too. So as you've heard, there's actually a lot of stuff that's been happening, a lot that is testing, which is actually quite interesting. And a couple of things that really pissed us off about social. And I, I'm pretty sure there's going to be more. I wish, as I said, we had a bit of a break in summer, but they're not giving us the break. They bring in more cool things, more interesting things, more terrifying things. And also when it comes to, in general, what I've noticed, the marketing world has not stopped even when it comes to campaigns and other things. So it's been really interesting to see, I think after a couple of years where everything slowed down because it had to. It's so interesting to see that now, even in summer, there's so much creativity, so many ideas, so many things that people are coming out with and really cool campaigns. It just means that obviously our job is very intense, especially if our job is to bring you these ideas too. But I'm always glad that I'm not on my own. So thank you so much, Becca, for being back with me again. Can I say the next time you will be in your new house? So I'm really excited to be able to also experience that. And if people want to say hi to you before that happens, 
Where should they go? Remind us again one more time. Where can people say hi and find out all the good things and have a good banter about all the social stuff? You can find me at Becca Social on all of the platforms, even X, although I can't guarantee I'll reply to you there, but I still exist. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Becca. As always, thank you so much, team. We cannot wait to be back next week. But in the meantime, as always, it's been a pleasure and like always, class dismissed.